Greetings, programs and applications. I'm Ben. And I am Keith. And we are the, the Two Gay, Gay Geeks. Geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geeks webcast. Where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And, of course, we can be found at TGGeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did you just say potosphere? Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 147 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Ray is out this week, but that's okay because I am joined today by Aaron, who is a writer and editor for The Geekiary. How you doing, Aaron? Hey, I'm really good. Um, where are you coming from this morning? I am in Des Moines, Iowa. And how is how is the summer in Des Moines going? Very hot, <laughs> but good. That's good. That's good. You probably have the humidity too, because I'm out in Palm Springs, so we have the heat, but usually it's not too humid. Very humid here, yes. Uh, very dusty. It's a great Midwest <laughs> summer. Well, very cool. Hopefully, it's hopefully you're finding ways to keep cool. Lots of popsicles. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Um, uh, I wanted Erin on the show today because she is a frequenter of San Diego Comic-Con. Are you able to go this year? Yes, I will be there. I actually leave tomorrow, so I'm very excited. Oh, awesome. Awesome, awesome. Hopefully we'll be able to, to bump into each other. Um, before we get into all the Comic-Con madness, though, uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as I said, I live in the middle of nowhere in uh, the Midwest. Actually, I live in the city. So um, you think about farms and, and cornfields in Iowa, but um, I'm actually a city girl at heart. And, uh, you know, I I have a full-time job and I do the geekery as a part-time sort of thing, as an outlet for um, my writing and my fandom feelings. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's about it. I, I'm very, very simple. I have a cat and dog, and those are my roomies, and that's about it. Very nice. What kind of dog? Uh, he is a Shih Tzu. Nice. Very cute, small, fluffy dog. It's kind of the perfect size. I have a Havanese, and they are they are very similar in size and temperament. <laughs> yes, although I will say those little dogs ha- are very stubborn. Oh God, yes! <laughs> I I took mine on a walk this morning, and and he has decided that it is just too warm to take walks in the morning, so he'll just mm-hmm. stop in the middle of the street and go, "Nope, I'm good." I know that feeling. So, what are your areas of geekitude? Where where are you most uh, most geeky? Definitely TV. Um, I ever since my parents put a TV in my bedroom when I was about three years old, I've been obsessed with TV (laughs) and uh, I consider myself a professional TV watcher um, because I really that's all I do. Um, It's how I unwind. And uh, so I just love it. Um, I love the various layers of interpretation of a story. Mm -hmm. And uh, so and. TV storytelling right now is just so great. And, it really uh, is. Yeah. So that's, that's really my area of focus. Now, do you, do you enjoy all, all genres of TV or are there areas that you tend to frequent more than others? Um, I, you know, I'm really open to just about anything, but um, I'm a sucker for horror. So that's nice. really uh, my favorite genre. But, um, you know, I, I watch just about 
everything, anything that comes out new in the fall, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even the crime procedurals, sometimes you get engrossed in those, but, uh, really horror and, and really fantasy too. Although I cannot do science fiction. I don't know why. Um, it just, I have a hard time with that one. Um, all science fiction or a specific type? Like I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, I can't do Star Trek. It's just too, too slow and too long. Space science fiction. Space. <laughs> I, I get, um, I get hung up in the logistics of space. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, how do these people get their sunlight? And, um, I, I get into that kind of overthinking and I don't enjoy it then. I just have anxiety. So. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Anytime my, my husband wants to do like a, um, you know, Apollo 13 or any of those, you know, we're going to land somewhere. He loves these new Mars stories that are starting to come out. And I'm like, I'm a little the same way. I'm like, eh, space. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much. Well, very good. Well, other than space, is there any area in kind of geek culture that you feel kind of is not your cup of tea? Um, you know, I, I would say probably comic books, um, mm-hmm. just because I spent all my childhood doing TV. Um, and so, you know, comic books weren't really something that were a focus that, that was a focus for me when I was a kid. So I never really grew into that interest, even though I'm a very visual person. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just something that I, I haven't spent a lot of time with. And I know obviously, um, in geek culture, it's very big and, um, I wish I knew more, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, and I, I know the, the popular stories and stuff. Um, but that's, that's kind of one area where admittedly I struggle. Yeah. Well, we've done, we've done entire episodes about how there's just not enough time. Like there is so much content out there between TV and comics and video games and movies and, and anything you could possibly geek out about that, you know, you gotta, you gotta at least draw the line somewhere and say, nope, this is what, (laughs) this is where my geekiness stays. Yes. Yes. So that's cool. Now, um, you, you are a frequenter of television. Do you have any favorites? Um, yes. I mean, I, I kind of do the, what I like to call the tattoo test on things, which is I'm not super into tattoos. I do have one. Um, but if I like something enough where I'm going to tattoo it on my body, that's how I know that (laughs) I'm like really into it. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I will say I have the Deathly Hallows, uh, tattooed. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Um, that whole universe. Um, but I also would (laughs) consider a tattoo, uh, relating to, uh, Stranger Things, which I think is fantastic storytelling. Um, and also Schitt's Creek, which again, fantastic (sighs) storytelling. I am such a fan of Sins Creek. So I, I feel like either you like you fall into two categories, people who know about Shits Creek and people who don't. Agreed, because everybody who watches it absolutely loves it. It is such a good show. I and honestly, I could watch just an entire series of David and um Alexis. Absolutely. Like if it was just those two characters, I mean, I love Moira. I love David, but I could just, I like, if it was just the kids, they are just so hilarious. It, it really, you know, there are so few extremely talented writers um, mm-hmm. that, you know, just get it. They get it. And for me, um, Dan Levy just gets it. And, um, he's such a fantastic writer and that whole team there, they, they just know, um, they, they ride that, that line between satire and, you know, realism. And Mm -hmm. it's so great. It's so great to watch. (laughs) So if, if for some reason I have neglected to mention Schitt's Creek on this show, which I can't imagine I would have, but if I did for some reason, you need to stop put down the podcast, <laughs> go get into, I think it's on Netflix now, uh, yep. go to Netflix and, and just marathon it because it is a treat. Well, and it's one of those that gets better the longer you watch it. 
The yes. first couple episodes, you're like, yeah, this is kind of funny, but it's weird too. It gets so much better. And you get committed to the, the characters. Like when, when something is going down, like you are, you are actively rooting for the characters. Yes. It's a good one. Very, very cool. Um, is there anything out there that you're really into, but not a lot of people are, and you feel like you need to kind of, you know, shout it to the winds and let everybody know about it? You know, I thought about this uh, for a while, and I would say probably the thing that I love right now that's actually current um, that not enough people know about is the show Killing Eve. Oh, and God, Yes. Yeah, it is. It is just one of those shows, again, where everything fits. But it's very interesting because it's kind of a spy thriller, but it puts Mm -hmm. the trope on its head. And all of the main characters are female and all of the secondary characters are male. It's usually the other way around. Um, And so it's um, it's something that I think a lot of people would like, but um, it, it totally has a different perspective. And it's so great. Well, it's just so unlike anything out there. I mean, even with the gender um, kind of dominance leaning towards women, it, it's just – it's like I feel like saying it's quirky is kind of not giving it enough credit. It's it's so completely unique to itself that it's it's just a, like – it's riveting. Like I guess I guess that's the best way to put it. Like you – you have to watch it. Once you start it, it's very hard to not go on to the next episode. Yeah. And I, I have to say, you know, the, the acting, the, the whole cast is great. Um, but I, I have to give, again, I'm into writers. <laughs> I have to give most of the credit to Phoebe Waller-Bridge because everything that she touches is just magic. Mm-hmm. And she does such a great job um, of creating these characters and these stories that are just absolutely compelling. And you end up rooting for people that you never thought that you would. Right. And, uh, and that's, I think to me, that's a successful storytelling is, is when you're, you know, you root for people that you're like, why, why am I rooting for this person? I don't want this <laughs> person to succeed, but yet I do. Cause they're amazing. Right. Um, now I'm I'm notoriously terrible with like writers and directors and what else has she worked on? Um she well she's British so most of her projects have been um have been British productions. Probably the most popular is Fleabag which um was an Amazon uh Amazon Prime original. It's mm-hmm. over now unfortunately only two seasons, but that is another thing that definitely watch. Um it's kind of a meta fourth wall sort of show okay. and um, it's so great. Uh, Funny, I, and- I was at a birthday party yesterday and somebody was, that was the first time I'd heard of it. And they were like, yes, you have to go watch it immediately. If you, if you like killing Eve, you will love Fleabag. Um, okay. It's just, she, she just Phoebe Waller bridge. You can tell her touch on something. Mm-hmm. She has a very specific uh, sort of style and, um, uh, so I think you'll like it. You should check it out. Very cool. I'm excited because now I've heard it. If I hear something from a person, just a random person, I usually have to hear it from a second person. There's, there's just two or th- like my co-host Ray. If he tells me to watch something, it goes into the watch list. But, <laughs> um, but when I hear something two or three times, it's like, all right, well, somebody is, is enjoying this. So I need to, to, to get on it. Um, what are you working on now? What's going on with the geeky area? Uh, and maybe explain to our, our listeners who don't know uh, a little bit about what it is. Yeah. Well, the Geekery itself is a, is a uh, for fans, by fans entertainment blog. Uh, we tend to focus on more underrepresented groups of people, um, especially uh, queer community, um, women, and POC. Um, and so it's – we – we really like to report on things that are from a different perspective. And mm-hmm. um, so that's, that's kind of the main thing right now, you know, it's summer. We're kind of in a lull with a lot of our TV uh, and film reviews, but um, we have started some really great YouTube programming. Um, we've been experimenting with some Facebook live, just kind of more 
uh, reactionary, which I think a lot of our readers uh, really connect with. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, Comic-Con. So um, (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of the big thing. Um, But we, you know, we always have um, different perspectives and different editorials that we like to present um, as alternative views that maybe the majority of mainstream uh, don't really think about. So, well, and, and we're big here about, you know, different point of views because we, we say it over and over again. We don't understand why people wouldn't want more diversity in their media because it's like, well, those are stories that haven't been told yet. And after a while, we've, we've heard all of the stories by the, the traditional people. <laughs> we want, Absolutely. we want new stuff. <laughs> Well, very cool. Well, thank you again for, for joining us today. I'm looking forward to uh, to geeking out about Comic-Con with you. Um, but we're going to move on to our weekly geekery where we talk really briefly about um, some of the things that, that we have done this week that are geeky. Um, my husband and I are, are gathering up as many shows to get us through the rest of the summer as possible. It's kind of like um, hibernation. <laughs> when you, when you have to use the, the bear's feed for hibernation. We're doing that with, with shows because we know once school starts, we don't want to, we don't want to think about what we're watching. We just want the list. <laughs> we just want to go to it. Um, so the one that we are currently doing right now that we're a little obsessed with is the fall. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh yes. That's one of my favorites. Oh my God. We are, um, I think maybe five or six episodes in, um, it's a suspense, series with Gillian Anderson and she plays this British um, detective who is working on a case of this, this um, serial killer case. And the, the crazy thing is, is a lot of times in, in those kind of shows, you're just following the cops. But in this one, it bounces back between her and the actual serial killer and you're watching him go through his daily life and plotting his, you know, his next murder all at the same time. He's got a family and everything. And it's, it's just all levels of disturbing. It is. It's one of those that it's not for everyone, but it is so good. I mean, the storytelling is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are, we are absolutely loving it. Um, we also have we we have been continuing with Sneaky Pete. Um, I don't know if you ever got to watch that series with uh, Giovanni Ribisi. I have not. It's on the never-ending list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. We really I I loved Giovanni Ribisi, and then in the very first episode, I found out that Ethan Emery is is eventually in it as well, and uh, and I love both of those actors. So the fact that it starts with them made me very very happy. And, uh, so yeah, so he's sneaking around. We got to, to season two, uh, this, this week. Um, and then I'm just playing Marvel battle lines. And as my listeners know, I have, I have retreated back to Sims four, which means I, I am tired and overwhelmed, <laughs> which I shouldn't be because I'm on, on, um, I'm a teacher, so I'm on summer break, but we've just been so busy that I'm, you know, plopping down and, driving people through the Sims four is, uh, is perfectly fine for me. Right now. Oh, you, you play Sims four to pass the time too. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like, like I'm a huge, my, my primary video game is world of Warcraft and I really should be in there trying to, to get reps grinded so that I can get flying. But I'm just like, no, I just want to enjoy like a second screen TV show and play with my Sims. <laughs> I'm glad I hear another Sims uh, Sims lover. We don't, we don't get many of them. On oh the man! Show. <laughs> you know what? That that's pretty much how I spent all of my studying time in college uh, was with the original Sims. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of old, but um, yeah, I definitely have played Sims Four within the last thirty days. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just go in, I go in cycles, and yes, this this week has been the download all the things because there's so much custom content out there. It's like, hmm, yes, I I will take that sweater. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so that's what I've been working on. What have you been geeking out on? Comic Con. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I know I, we're going to be talking about it, but um, that, you know, that's pretty much taken all of my spare time. Um, and then obviously getting caught up on all of my shows that I'm going to be covering at Comic-Con. Um, I still have hours to watch and I leave in 24 hours. So. Oh, wow. So, so what, what is on your, I am covering this now list. Um, well, I, I don't have a lot of confirmations, but the one thing I can share is, um, I'm covering Van Helsing, um, which is a a great underappreciated show because it had a terrible pilot. Um, and I'm, I was a full season behind on that and I'm trying ferociously to get through it, uh, before I leave. I'm about halfway through season three, so got just a few episodes left. I'll do it, but it's going to be a challenge. Now is that, um, and that's, that's, I'm assuming if it's at Comic-Con, it's still going. So there's, you know, planned for season four. Yes, that is correct. Uh, it's, okay. it's a sci-fi original. So. Um, really scary. Cause I know you like horror or is it just kind of it's, teen wolfish? Um, it's very gory. I will say okay. that it's a vampire show. Um, it's based on a graphic novel and it takes the vampire. I guess we're into this alternative view thing because it does take the vampire trope and turn it on, turn it on its head by um, basically our, our main character, Vanessa um, can bite vampires and make them human again. Oh, so it's very interesting. And um I always say Canadians make the best genre TV. And uh-huh. I mean, this show, give it a few and you will be like, why isn't everyone watching this? It's very engrossing. All right. I may try and convince my husband, but as soon as you said gory, that, that will, <laughs> that will kick it's him out of the. It's very bloody. It's very bloody. Yeah. So that may be a second screener for me. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, what else? What else are you um, watching? Um, marathoning anything else? I am rewatching from the beginning Veronica Mars right now. Um, mm-hmm. I was hoping to try to get to the panel at Comic-Con, but I'm probably not going to, but I'm still going to watch Veronica Mars because it's just so good. I love Rob Thomas. Um, and so it's a lot of fun. I'm a big iZombie fan. And mm-hmm. so um, watching his other big project is is always fun. So Awesome. Well, very cool. All right. Well, we're going to get into we're going to get into the nitty gritty in Comic Con in a second. So why don't we go to our commercial break? And when we get back, we are going to geek out about Comic Con. Excellent. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights, sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch, chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hey geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. 
But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love, so make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye! And we're back. And before we move on, I just want to kind of do a little promo for Fanbase Press, who has given us so many wonderful interviews. And uh, Bryant and Barbara Dillon, who, who run Fanbase Press, um, have been so wonderful to us. We want to make sure that we are returning it in kind. So we want to promote a event that is coming up in um, in a couple of weeks. Uh, Fanbase Press founders Bryant and Barbara Dillon invite you to stop by and celebrate the upcoming release of the collected four-issue creator-owned comic book series written by Eisner award-winning award nominee uh, Norm Harper and illustrated and colored by Val Halverson and Harvey award-nominated Bobby Timoney. Uh, attendees will be treated to a tubular pizza party, a bodacious 80s tunes, uh, radical photo booth, gnarly 80s trivia, and more pop rocks and slap bracelets than you can handle. Don't forget to wear your most excellent 80s threads. Copies of the book will be available for sale. And writer Norm Harper, artist and colorist Bobby Timoney, and forward writer Andre Gower will be on hand for signing. Um, the, the book is, we're actually going to, our next interview next week is going to be with the creative team of, um, of this series, the sequels. And it basically is about, um, a bunch of kids who grew up in the eighties fighting like superhero fighter crime fighters. And, um, and then they're adults now and things aren't quite the way they used to be. So definitely check that out. You can see the individual issues on comiXology and the um, party itself is Saturday, July 27th, 2019 from seven to 9 PM at the Heidi Ho comics at four twelve Broadway in Santa Monica, California. So if you're, if you're one of our LA people, uh, go down and check out the, the launch party of the sequels. It should be a lot of fun. So that's that. And we will talk, as I said, we will talk about that with them next week after, after Comic-Con is, is done and we've all relaxed. <laughs> so San Diego Comic-Con, have you, are you one of those people that goes through the, um, the schedule early, early, or, or do you wing it? <laughs> it's a little bit of both, I'll be honest. Um, you know, going as press is a little bit different because mm-hmm. um, there are things that you want to do um, as a person, and then there are things that you feel like you should do, uh, you know, for the blog. Right. So um, I, I, I definitely go through the schedule and I try to pick out things that I personally want to do, but I've got to fit those in with, you know, press obligations. So, um, but I will say I don't do press obligations on things I don't like. So that's nice at least. Well, that's important because I mean, people can tell if you're in an interview with something you just don't care about. Like it becomes very obvious. I mean, you, professional interviewers can, can get away with it, but there's something missing if you're really not into it. So I think that's, I think it's good that that works out that way. Um, this year I have, I think, a bunch of friends of mine who are going to be first timers to Comic-Con. How many Comic-Cons have you been to? This will be my sixth consecutive Comic-Con. Nice. Um, yeah. So what kind of advice do you have to all our, our friends who this may be their first trip out? Oh, that's good. Um, probably to be extremely flexible. Um mm-hmm. You know, that's that's probably the biggest thing. Um, I'm a big planner on just about anything I do, especially trips and stuff. But you have to manage your expectations and, you know, realize everything that you want to do, you're not going to be able to. Um, and it's not even necessarily having like a, a plan A, B, C, D, whatever. It's more just managing the expectations of you're probably not going to get into Hall H on Saturday unless right. you camp out, you know? Um, and so it, it's, it's balancing that. And, um, and also I would say, <clears throat> excuse me, um, hydrating, 
Yes, <laughs> definitely. Especially hydrating. if you're not used to Southern California sun because it's very hot. Yeah, there was a couple years ago where it was un uncharacteristically humid for San Diego. It was hot and humid, and <laughs> there were people dropping like flies because they were I not hydrating enough. I remember that year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the poor cosplayers. But the cosplayers kind of know going into it, so they usually take care of themselves a little bit better. It's everybody yep. else you kind of have to worry about. Um. So yeah, I, I've been explaining to a lot of people if it's in if you're only going for something that's going to be in Hall H or Room Twenty, just prepare yourself <laughs> because I I am not a young man anymore, and I will not sit and wait in line for hours and camp out overnight to go see something that'll probably be covered on the news the next day. So I'm right there with you. It's funny because I hate standing in line, and the two things I love the most in the world are Disney parks and San Diego Comic Con, mm-hmm. which are like line heavy. Um, but I, yeah, I, I'm not camping out anymore. I did that once, and it ruined my whole con. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm so I'm with you. I, <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, I've I, I've told people before that I I've been going for probably about twenty years now, and because of Southern California, it's easy for me. It's right right here, and we started going when you could like buy your ticket and walk in. Oh yeah, and <laughs> yeah, back back in the day, and then it kind of evolved into you'd buy your ticket, or you'd you'd show your pass, you get your pass, and then you'd go in and sign up for the following year. And it was done and taken care of. And then, and and then a couple of years ago, um, you know, and a lot of people get very upset about this, but we had, you know, the Twilight movies come out and an entirely new generation of people decided they wanted to come do Comic Con and it was fabulous. But boy, is it busy. So if you are somebody was talking to last night was trying to explain to people that it's not so much the walking around, it's not so much the fact that you can't get into panels and that kind of thing. A lot of it for people is they don't realize how many people are actually at Comic-Con and the surrounding areas. So I think one thing to warn people about is it is exceedingly crowded. It is like shoulder to shoulder with people. I, I all of a sudden know more about you than I should (laughs) closeness. So (laughs) just be prepared. You are going to be making friends on this trip to Comic-Con. That's a really good point. And to kind of tangent off of that, too, um, for those of us who are sensitive to um, stimuli, you know, um, not only is it a lot of people, but it's a lot of noise. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a lot of noise. And so if you have trouble, you know, falling asleep with noise, make sure you bring some earplugs. Um, because I know for me, I, I'm an introvert and it just wears me out. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I have to sleep because I'm worn out. Yeah. And so that, yeah, I completely second everything you just said. <laughs> well, and I am also am a, a very strong introvert. And so I think, um, but one of the advantages I do think that that many people has is there's an anonymity about it. Like it's so much noise, it almost sometimes crosses over into the white noise area, which is kind of nice for me um, because my husband's constantly surprised. He's like, how do you do this? Because <laughs> like, you, you don't like noise in this many people. How do you do this? I'm like, you know, it's kind of crossed over that line where it's just like it's just a din, a background din now. So. And it's only once a year. So And it's only once you, a year and I don't have to go to work the next week. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of what else people should know going into it. Um, there are a lot of restaurants in the gas lamp district of, um, San Diego, but there's a lot of stuff on the outskirts as well. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to leave the convention center because sometimes it's nice to get out of that mess and just go to a place in San Diego. It's a very foodie town. So if you like, kind of trying new restaurants and stuff, go, go check out what's in the surrounding neighborhoods. Don't get, feel like you're stuck in, in the convention area. And, and a little along those lines, we never park anywhere near the convention. We always park um, or stay where we can catch a tram in. And then we just take the tram in. Cause that's a lot, a lot easier. The, um, the train. 
and a lot cheaper. And a lot cheaper. <laughs> oh, the the parking there is ridiculous. Like, I don't know how high it's gotten, but it's definitely got higher than it is worth to park a car. Agreed. So what are some of the, the things you are most looking forward to at Comic-Con? Um, you know, I, this year I have probably the most packed schedule I've ever had. Uh, again, most of that is the press coverage that I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of press rooms. Um, and you know, I have, I really like the social aspect the most of Comic-Con. Um, because again, it's once a year for me. Uh, I go all out and I'm glad it's only once a year because, mm-hmm. I couldn't handle it more than that. <laughs> no. Um, but I love seeing my con friends and going out and actually, you know, doing some parties and maybe a little dancing at night. And um, so those are those are some really fun things. But, um, yeah, definitely the press rooms are kind of my priority and, and getting um, one-on-one time with um, the, the talent behind a lot of the things that I love. I think it's so inspiring to – talk to the people that breathe life into the things that we're passionate about. And that's just so cool for me. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. Um, are you, are you meeting up with a lot of geeky area people? I don't know. Is there a big group of you going or is just a few? Yeah. So there are three of us um, that are going as press. So our admin angel and then another editor and um, then we have um, a couple of other people that do, they, they contribute for the Geekiery, but they're not necessarily going on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, we, so we actually have a total of six people that contribute um, that will be there. So nice. again, lots of perspectives, lots of different interests, lots of different focuses. And so, um, you know, the readers and people who follow the social media will have a lot of a lot being thrown at them um, from us, but um, lots of really cool things. So nice. Yeah. We have a, a lot of people coming down from people who've been on this podcast. We have um, uh, Katie from tea time with Katie and Chelsea, which is on our network. And, um, and we're being joined by, by one of our listeners who, who helped us <laughs> get, get tickets for people who didn't have them. And, um, and so it's always fun to kind of meet up with people and enjoy hanging out with them. So, so definitely, you know, and also try and find us because we'll be posting on our social media and letting you know what panels we're going to and and whatnot. But I have found that the way to survive with your friends at Comic-Con is not be afraid to split up and do your own things. Because if everybody tries to do everything together, people are going to start missing out on stuff they enjoy. So, you know, plan, plan a dinner time, plan, you know, brunch in the morning, whatever, where you all meet up, but then be okay going away. That's good advice. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Cause I, <laughs> the first year I took my husband to Comic-Con, he, um, we were still dating at the time and I don't think he was prepared because that was when I was a little younger and didn't have a problem waiting for hours on end for a panel. <laughs> and he's like, so when's lunch? And I'm like, here's power bar. <laughs> that didn't go over too well. So we have, <laughs> we have, we have slowed down a little bit since then. Well, and it's, it's tough too, because, um, it's, it's tough to travel with people, um, that you maybe aren't that familiar with traveling. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you're with your family or, or your partner or your spouse, it's, it's something different. But for me, you know, I, um, I room with the same person every year and, she is now my friend, but when we first roomed together, we didn't know each other at all. We met on Reddit. I don't mm-hmm. recommend that. It worked in my case, <laughs> but be be wary. Um, but you know, we we travel well together, and that's something that I've been able to hold on to because once mm-hmm. you find it, you don't let go. Right. Um, but for most people, it's not the case. And yeah, you're going to have somebody who's going to get really cranky when they're hungry. Or, you know, somebody who just does not want to wait in line anymore or somebody who doesn't want to be outside. And those are all things that you really have to consider. 
Yeah, and I think it's it's perfectly reasonable as long as everybody goes into it knowing that it's perfectly reasonable to say, hey, you know what? Meet me after this panel, or go do your thing. Go get food. Um, I will meet you afterwards, and we'll get a drink. You know, it's it's yeah. be. I think it goes back to that. Be flexible because you know not all not all panels are going to work, and so that's when you're like, well, I have anything else planned for now? Uh, it's dinner time. Yes. Or I more I'm more like let's get a drink. That you said it first, mm-hmm. but that's pretty much what I say. So yep. Yeah, definitely. And it's 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 nice when you have a lot of people there because you can meet up and everything, but it, it does you know, don't don't make sure everybody feels like they have their own agency in mm-hmm. Comic Con. Um, are you, cause there's, there's a lot of facets to Comic-Con. There's cosplay, there's the floor, there's panels. When you're not doing, um, your interviews, do you have things that you kind of like to focus on? Um, I really, I do enjoy the exhibit floor, um, in small doses at Mm -hmm. a time. I really can't do it for more than maybe 30 minutes at a time. It's just way too overwhelming for me, but I love to look, I love artist alley. I'm really into art. Um, and of course the cosplay is amazing. And I, I -hmm. loved last year was the first year where they closed, um, Harbor, which is the main street right in front of the convention center. And so you had to actually have a badge in order to get into that space right in front of the convention center. And it ended up kind of being an unofficial place for cosplayers to take photos and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was so cool for me because you actually had room to look at these costumes and um, those cosplayers put so much time and energy into, into what they do. And so that that's really cool. Um, I, I'm not really an offsite sort of person. Um, Cause again, most of those have really long lines that I just don't right. want to deal with. Right. Um, but um, yeah, I would say artist alley is probably the, my favorite part. Yeah, it sounds like you're like me, where you're going to go, you do a quadrant of the floor for like a half an hour, and then you're like, all right, I'm done. I'll come yeah. back in a couple hours. Um, yeah, I, this is the 50th anniversary of Comic-Con, and last year was the first year they closed Down Harbor. <laughs> it yeah. sounds very counterintuitive, but uh, but it did make a huge difference. It, it did make a huge difference for us as the con-goers. I can't imagine being a local, though and trying to navigate all the closed roads and everything. Uh, I just, it makes me anxious, but um, thank yeah, you have- San Diego people <laughs> for putting up with us. Cause we love it. So. I have both a friend and my brother live down in the San Diego area. And they're like, yeah, we just kind of avoid, <laughs> we just kind of stay home that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, very cool. Uh, do you ever try and get the exclusives or any of that kind of stuff? Um, not really. I, I'm not really into signings or anything. I've never really mm-hmm. been into autographs. Um, I mean, I think it's really cool to kind of get even just a few seconds of one-on-one time with the talent. Um, as far as, you know, exclusives and toys, not really my thing. Um, however, this year I really wanted to go for that Winona Earp Funko Pop. Mm -hmm. Um, not really for me. I just wanted to like have it. So maybe I could do a giveaway or something because it is one of the coolest pops I've seen. And I'm not like a huge pop person, but, um, it's so cool. And I did not get it. Unfortunately, I got nothing in the exclusives lottery. Yeah. Um, I as per usual. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you always hear those urban legends about how, oh, it's only, you know, the professionals or the exhibitors or the press people that get that win anything. And I'm here to tell you that is really not the <laughs> not case. <true. laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, if there's something that looks cool, I'll maybe try for it. But again, I'm not one that's going to try to storm the the booths or anything. Um, I got super lucky last year. Um, there's also that kind of con etiquette where you don't ask your friends that are going to Comic-Con to pick you up an exclusive mm-hmm. because there's way too much work. Well, last year, one of my friends did ask me to pick something up for him if I had a chance. And I was like, well, it's never going to happen. But okay, sure. 
And one day I was in the exhibit hall and it was at the PlayStation booth and literally there was no one in line. Oh, wow. And I was like literally no one. And I was like, what is happening right now? And I just walked right up and I got what he wanted. And I was like, I got your thing. Don't expect this ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. So, it's tough to do that for yeah. people. Um, and, and not that, you know, I mean, if you're your friend, we don't mind, but it it's they they don't make it easy for people. Some people love Comic-Con yeah. because it's when they get all their their exclusive stuff that only they have and that's their thing. Um, but that means that they usually go and dedicate themselves to being in line for all of these exclusive, exclusive things and that's it keeps you from doing anything else sometimes. Well, and that's the thing that we, that makes San Diego Comic-Con so different that I think a lot of people who frequent other cons don't understand is that this particular con is very industry focused. Mm -hmm. And so you've got a lot of people that are there, yes, as fans, but they have a focus of what they're going to do, whether it's, you know, press rooms or Hall H or exclusives or signings. And that's like what they give all of their energy to. Mm -hmm. These are not people that are, you know, going to go to panels all day and then try for an exclusive or, you know, you have to pick pretty much one priority and that's your priority for the whole con. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah. So it's very different, but it's also really cool. So it's just a different energy. I like it. It is a very different energy because I have been to, to different conventions and when you start with Comic-Con, everything else is like, it's not, it's not less or anything. It's just, it's a completely different feel. Like sometimes it's like, Oh my God, this is so nice. It's so community oriented. Um, they do a couple out here in Palm Springs and you get to see people that you know on a regular basis. And it's very intimate. Comic-Con is anything but intimate. <laughs> yeah, It is, it is the, the mosh pit of Comic-Cons. <laughs> Or, you know, you can make it intimate. Um, you just have to find a community and, you know, like go out of your way mm -hmm. to make that your community every year. And I completely agree, though. Um, it, it, there's not really much intimacy surrounding it yeah. at all. No. Um, because because our our podcast tries to focus on being good geeks and not not being um, the, the geeks that people often think of when they think of fandoms uh we do we probably should talk a little bit about etiquette um especially when it comes to um autographs and and cosplayers um especially with cosplayers you have to ask to take these people's pictures and 99.9% .9 of the time they will say yes but you still have to ask and a lot of people will just kind of jump and take a picture or, you know, you do, do not touch the cosplayers. <laughs> That's, you know, I feel like it should be a given, but, but apparently from the stories I've heard, not so much. Yeah. It's, you know, the thing about these kind of geek focused conventions is you do have, I, I don't mean to generalize here, but you do have kind of a, a stronger concentration of introverts. Mm -hmm. um, and so these people, when you, when you approach somebody who's in cosplay, um, they're more, they're likely an introvert as well. And if you're an introvert and you don't like to be touched, they're probably not going to like to be touched. So just don't do it. Like <laughs> think about how it would make you feel if a complete stranger came up to you and was like giving you hugs and ugh, it just makes, ugh, yeah. it makes me cringe. Yeah, no, no, but, no. Um, yeah, it's, I, I agree. And it's all about consent to, you know, just um, making sure that you're both mutually understanding of what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's something that I think people who don't frequent conventions, it's such a, it's such a different thing. It's not like Disneyland where these people are paid to dress up as a princess and, and they are there to interact with you specifically. Um, these are people who, who have a craft and they, they enjoy doing what they do and they don't mind the pictures, but you know, they, they are still people and <laughs> you have to respect that like the my the the it wasn't bad the the cosplayer handled it very kindly but um somebody they had just sat down to eat 
that just sat down to eat. And and you got to understand that a lot of these costumes are heavy and uncomfortable. And, you know, somebody rushed to me, can I take a picture? And they said, you know what? I just sat down to eat. If you give me 20 minutes, I'm sure I will still be here. And you may come back and give, get a picture, but I just need 20 minutes to just not be on. <laughs> and the person was very gracious and said, Oh yes, I'm so sorry. I didn't even think about that, but by all means. And, and, from what I understand, they did come back 20 minutes later and it was all fine. But, but you have to be in mind. These are people who are, you know, it's, it takes a lot out of you to cosplay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and then the other thing is autographs. Um, you know, they are, most of them are for pay. So be prepared for that. And, um, and these two are people who don't owe you anything. They're just there to sign things. So, you know, be, be gracious and, and grateful and, and not rude to the people who are giving their time to sign autographs for you. That's good. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, I have a couple of other etiquette tips because we always do um, lots of webcasts leading up to the con. And we also have <laughs> kind of a laundry list of etiquette items. Um, but probably the biggest thing is... Um, how to deal with celebrities if you see them because you're going to see them mm-hmm. and you're going to see a lot of them. And um, kind of the rule of thumb that, that we try to live by is if you can tell that the celebrity is working, like they're making a paid appearance at a party or something, you can approach them um, and maybe say, Hey, you know, I'm a big fan, whatever, maybe ask for a photo. You kind of have to gauge the situation. Mm-hmm. If it is clear that they are not working, like they are walking to someplace or they are eating or they're with their family, um, that is not a time to approach them. No. Um, again, it's, it's, uh, it's what they owe you and versus what they don't owe you. They don't owe you anything, but at the same time, if they're working, there's a certain understanding, um, that they may get approached if they're not working that's their personal time. (laughs) You know, it's like, you don't want to be approached with work items when you're not at work. And uh, the same thing goes with celebrities too. So. Yeah. And you will occasionally, especially um, in the mornings, if you eat anywhere down near the convention, there are people that are like catching breakfast (laughs) because they've got a panel later in the day. And, you know, especially, uh, you know, they, the writers and artists aren't necessarily as immediately noticeable, but if you follow those people, they are everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And you will see them just walking down the street. And yeah, they're, 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 they're if they're walking, they probably have places to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, you kind of have to gauge the situation too. Usually if, if you see them out, you know, like you mentioned getting coffee or something in the morning and you just want to say, Hey, I'm a big fan. That's usually okay. Mm-hmm. Like a quick comment, but it's when you try to take their time and ask for things, that's usually when it gets a little, uh, not so great. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, any other et- etiquette tips? Just be nice, you know, mm-hmm. don't just tip your people, you know, your drivers, your, your servers and everything. Um, and, you know, try to say please and thank you. Th- these are basic, you know, um, but they do go, they do go far in the long run. So just be nice. Yeah. La- last year, my, my friend Rob wanted to get something I want to say at the Mattel booth and they, they were cutting things off and saying, you know, once the line reaches this spot, you have to go away and then you can come back at whatever the next time is. And so they stopped and, and people weren't going away, but mm. the, the security guard was like, no, you guys need to go. And Rob had just started leaving because he's like, well, if they, we need to go, we need to go. But they had had such a struggle getting the other people that the security guard said, Hey dude, and he calls Rob back. He's like, you're the only one who wanted, who actually left when I asked them to get back in line. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> poli- that's honestly like, that's not going to happen every time you go out there, but, but being polite really gets you far a lot farther than I think people realize. 
Absolutely. And especially to people that are working these events, you know, like hotel staff, or like you said, security staff. Um, these are people that um, maybe aren't used to working with this many people or this diverse of a crowd. Um, and so just basic you know, please, thank you, being nice, listening to directions, Mm -hmm. um, those really get you a long way. And I'm sure everybody who has been to Comic-Con has gotten at least frustrated once when they've gone down the the wrong aisle and a security person has been like, no, this is a this is an in hallway, not an out hallway. And it can get frustrating because you're like, but my panel's right there. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, if everybody did that, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be working the way it was working. So, you know, be, be okay with that. Yes. (laughs) Shake it off. Well, very cool. Well, that's, that's etiquette stuff. We've covered cosplay. We've covered exclusives. Um, anything else you're just really looking forward to this, this year? This year's specific? I am looking forward to Superstore finally making some sort of presence at Comic-Con. Are they really? Um, Yes. They have a panel. Oh, that's awesome. And they are doing a a pop-up shop in the Hard Rock Hotel lobby. Nice. Superstore is one of my favorite shows. um, And it's it's just... um, I'm just glad to see that NBC is finally focusing uh, a little bit more on what they, what really they should be bringing to Comic-Con, which are these fan favorite comedies. Um, and so, you know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Good Place and Superstore having that trio of shows being the focus is um, is really cool. So I'm looking forward to eating it inter- interdimensional House of Pancakes um, from the good place and it, it, it'll be fun. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Uh, I didn't realize that. And we are huge superstore fans. Uh, the, the season finale this year was kind of mind blowing. It was like yes. that, that show is deceptively deep. It is absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's uh the panel. I have the information right here. The panel is at five thirty in Indigo Ballroom on Thursday. So okay. Indi- Indigo Ballroom go. is one of those that you c- it's a hit or miss one. Like it's not quite as as absolutely not as Room Twenty and uh, Hall H, but it's a you're gonna have to be there a couple panels before. <laughs> I love Indigo though. It is by far my favorite panel room. It, te- it seems to be where all my favorite shows go, which are kind of the mid-range popular shows. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm a big Indigo fan there. So Nice. I, I tend to bounce between um, the Marriott, where all the geek culture panels are, because mm-hmm. that tends to be my favorite stuff. And then um, I actually enjoy going to the library now. Um, they they have all the kind of podcast and web webisode stuff there. So if you like, you know, certain podcasts, see if they're are doing a, a live episode and they usually do it from the the library, which is not, not too far of a walk. No, it's not. It's, it's very easy. Um, sunscreen people, lots and lots of sunscreen. Again, especially if you're not from Southern California. <laughs> um, you don't have the summer layer yet. No, I, I, well, I am Irish, so I never have the summer layer. Um, Same. I'm always <laughs> white or red. Those are my two colors. Um, <laughs> so you will get burned. Like, yeah. even if you're not outside for very long, it doesn't take long. Um, so, yes, sunscreen is good. Yes, and for those of you who are like me, getting a little older, maybe thinning a little bit on the top, a uh, hat would probably be very healthy to uh, <laughs> to have. Well, very cool. Well, anything else we should know about uh, Comic-Con this year? Just, you know, hey, it's the 50th. Um, it's going to be a big one. I know people sometimes sound a little disappointed that some things are, you know, Fox and stuff. They're skipping but um, I actually am really excited about this year. I think there's some really great things that will be there um, that maybe haven't been able to be a focus in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it's going to be fun. I have a packed schedule. I mean, you can't have a packed schedule if there's truly things that, you know, are being skipped or whatever. So, um, you know, have fun, stay hydrated and, uh, meet some people and have some drinks with them. It's a good time. Definitely. You, you mentioned that, uh, that there's people who are kind of disappointed that some of the stuff's not there. Um, have you noticed the last couple of years that it seems to maybe be slowing down a little bit compared to where it was a while ago? Yeah. Yeah. I do think that, um, there is genre fatigue setting in, starting to settle in, you know, we've got, um, we've gone through, you know, phase three of Marvel, uh, cinematic universe and, uh, people are just kind of, you know, I think getting a little exhausted with some genre things. And that's where I really like to see the focus. For example, back on those NBC comedy shows, Mm -hmm. you know, um, those aren't necessarily things that you would consider genre. Um, yet, they're good and they have a very passionate fan base. And so those are the things that I think are the future of what pop culture um, conventions and, and programming is going to be about. Not necessarily, you know, comic book characters or, you know, big superhero things. It's going to be more, you know, fan passionate sorts of, of programming and, um, Because at the end of the day, we do like to have that community. And Mm -hmm. um, that's what makes kind of the geek community so awesome is that we are all passionate and we're passionate about kind of weird things, quirky things. And um, I don't think it's going away, but I can see where where people would be like, oh, you know, it's going away because – 20th century Fox isn't going to be here. And, you know, well, you know, if they don't have anything to share, that's fine. I'd rather have a superstore panel. Thank you. Right. So, well, and Marvel skipped the last year or two and they're coming back for, you know, I'm a, we're all assuming the announcement of phase four. Um, but, but Ray and I mentioned this on the last episode. Um, if you are in the convention, a lot of people are like, so what's going on? Give us all the news. It's like, you probably have better access to the news <laughs> on the outside <laughs> than we do in there. Um, yeah yeah we get we get very like focused little pockets of news but but you're going to be getting all of the the press releases as they go out because you're going to have the internet and we're going to be lucky if we can text message our friends that's true (laughs) well very cool well hopefully we'll be able to meet up at some point down there it'd be nice to meet you in person yeah that'd be great we Um, can talk about tv shows yes yes i will try and i will try and check out scott and bailey uh and and um and hopefully fleabag by then and and say yes absolutely um any shout outs this week you'd like to give um you know i have to give a shout out to all of the people the bloggers especially the the press people and professionals that are getting ready for comic-con because these last you know, two weeks, 10 days before the convention are extremely stressful, mm-hmm. trying to manage um, our own personal schedules, as well as trying to fit in all of these like, you know, press opportunities and, and getting ready for the convention. It's, um, we've all been a little bit short with the ones we love, which <laughs> not great. Um, but, you know, um, I see you, I feel you and, um, hang in there. We're in the home stretch and, uh, you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good time. So yeah. Don't forget to have fun. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my, to my comic con, um, friends in arms. We've been going forever together and, uh, it's kind of the highlight of the year. So Rob and Paula, I'm very, very excited to be spending this weekend with you. So we will see you there coming up next week. We'll be talking to the creative team behind the comic book, the sequels. So we're going to have a whole bunch of people on here. <laughs> it's going to be a, going to be a packed house. Um, so definitely uh, tune into that. And like I said, if you can uh, jump on to the uh, release party on the 27th, I'll have all that information in the show notes for you. Uh, 
All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geek2Toot is a proud member of the Geek2Geek Network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows such as the Geek2Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and Sometimes Rob. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Troidal Power, and make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek2geekcast. You can currently find us at geektitude.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. Erin, where can we find you? I am on Twitter as at Erin underscore Lynn. And of course, you can always find us at um, at the Geekiary on all social media and especially watch for Facebook Live and Instagram Live and Twitter during Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, for people who are going to be at Comic-Con, please let us know you're there. Um, I'll be letting people know which panels I'm going into on the Geektitude account. I know Katie and one of our listeners, Steph, who if you are on our Slack channel, um, probably know because she's very um, active there. So we are going to be there all weekend. Uh, Ray is, I believe, joining us for just Friday. Um, some of the previous guests that we have coming down, I believe Kenny Rotter from Dumbbells and Dragons has a panel on Friday. Um, Brian, who's been on this show several times from uh, the Average Geek Show, is going to be there on Saturday. And uh, Mandy from the WEC podcast, and uh, I bet you didn't know that, uh, will be there at least on Sunday, but she's gonna she's considering coming down for Friday as well. And I think that's everyone. If I missed somebody, I apologize. But yeah, give us a give us a quick look and and let us know where you are. We'll we'll try and meet up. Uh, the t- when he's not there, Ray's gonna be on our Slack channel, kind of fielding all the questions and looking at all the press releases and and doing the stuff that I can't do on the floor. (laughs) So uh, if you want to know what's going on, he's going to try and live live. I am not tweeting if it's on Slack, but I guess live Slack the convention for you on Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. So that's it. Make sure you communicate with us this weekend and we hopefully we'll see you there. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Really, really appreciate it. And very, very nice to meet you. Yes, thank you. You as well. Uh, Have a a very uh, fun and safe Comic-Con. Thank you. You too. And for the rest of you out there, remember this week, keep it geek. Hey, Geektitude listeners. I love gaming just as much as Joe loves gaming. And we love to talk about what a workout and talk with people about it. So listen to Frazzlecast, a weekly podcast where we talk with people from around Azeroth and beyond. Find us at gnomepodcast.com or in your favorite podcast players. Just for spelling the name, it's F-R-A-Z-L-C-A-S-T. I should have thought better for naming that.